it is highly likely that we all might know someone who's secretly capable of being a serial killer, like Arthur Shawcross. In the following voice clip, taken from his jailhouse interview, Arthur casually talks about murdering a woman called Anne-Marie Stephan, one of his 11 victims. Do you remember killing her? Yeah, possibly. We're not going into details here. No, but how did you kill her? Probably strangulation. How do you know when they're dead? More or less after they just relax. The body relax. It doesn't fight no more. It only takes about four minutes, probably. Do you have any comprehension of the suffering that you've brought the families of the people that you've killed? I don't have any remorse for some reason. I know something inside me is weird. Does this weirdness show up as red flags before it's too late to make a run for your life? Welcome to the first episode of season one. Season two, sorry. Can someone get Sue <laughs> and a coffee, please? We're not starting all over again, are we? Sorry, it's just a typo. We'll hear that from the top, please, guys. Welcome to the first episode of season two of Who Are You When No One's Looking? Or should I say, Who Are They When You're Not Looking? Co-hosting the show with me once again is my angel, Angela, Dave, my devil, and I don't know what he does, but uh, Rob, who can introduce himself. Well, hang on, Rob's not here. What? He's not here, look. Where is he? I don't know. Probably out foraging in the woods. Oh, well, you know, never mind. He doesn't do much anyways. Um, I guess I just need to make a note to deduct his pay. Okay. Oh, no. He might have a really good excuse. One excuse could be good enough. He doesn't deserve any pay. He does literally nothing. He might have been involved in a horrible accident. We just don't know. <laughs> Oh, I pay good money. Okay, to do you see know that. what? We haven't got time. Let's just get on with it. Right. This series is all about solving the people metrics. Most of the personalities we'll talk about are not very nice people. I'm talking psychopaths, sociopaths, and. And Sue Man. No, I'm neither of those. Yeah, and you're a very nice person. Oh, thank you. I try. You're welcome. We'll be exploring the signs and patterns of these dangerous and manipulative people so you can spot them no matter how much they disguise their unspoken truth. I'll be sharing my personal stories of encounters with these dangerous and manipulative people to give you a real insight and understanding on how you can spot them next time and not fall for any of their traps and start making conscious efforts to free yourself from their clutches if you're already in a relationship with one of these people. I think I'm going to find this very, very useful. I am not surprised. Well, what's that supposed to mean? Well, some of the things that Suman just said resonated with me. You know, like attracting 
bad ones. And... What? I mean, I, I'm married to a devil and I've just been kidnapped, okay? I don't know what it is about me, but they seem to just be drawn to me. Well, I didn't kidnap you, did I? So I, I I'm think not saying, no, say... I, I, they're two separate people, but you are okay. a devil. Good. I'd like. I want it to be known. I'm not a kidnapper. Okay. Dave, you weren't even that bothered when she was kidnapped. And Shut I... the fuck up. I tried my best. Dave, what did you do to try and find me? I fucking looked in the woods. You looked in the woods. Yes, I looked to in... find her dead body. Well, I, one can only hope. I don't. <gasps> I mean, I thought. Jesus no, Angela. Christ Almighty! No, I thought you were. All... <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were already dead. So I was hoping I was going to find your body. I didn't want it to be lost to the woods, to be ravaged by badgers and foxes, you know. Dave, what were you going to do when you found it, if you found it? I was going to take it home, carefully wash it, and then stuff you and prop you up in the front room. Oh, jeez. I wasn't going to do anything sinister with it. If you have a habit of attracting the dodgy ones like a magnet, then that's because they are drawn to your good nature. It's something that they clearly lack. Someone like you, Angela, who's very empathic and you're naturally a genuine and kind person, you always see the good in people. Unfortunately, these sick people will use that empathy against you. And if they sense that you're in a vulnerable place in your life, they'll give you all the validation you need. And then, before you know, you've done more favours for them in return than they've ever done for you. Their friendship, their affection, their empathy was all disingenuous. It was all a trap. These sick people will play good empaths and vulnerable people like a pawn on a chessboard for their own amusements. And then they'll dispose you if you ever try to get in their way. I feel that's what Angela does to me, to be honest. <gasps> oh, Dave, I don't think what? I'll do that. Users, abusers, throws me back in the shed. Uh, I, n- no, no, Dave, I don't do that. You love being in that shed. And then Suman wheels me out just to talk crap on her podcast and then throws me back in the shed as well. I mean, I'm here with basically two psychopath abusers in my mind. Excuse me, you got kicked out into the shed because of some very good reasons. Which were, remind me? How you got kicked out of heaven, very similar yeah, reasons. That's neither here nor there. Um, Dave, you were picking your toenails and flicking them across the living room. And what, love can't solve that? Dave, you just proved a point I was going to make. That manipulative people always paint the narrative that the problem is never with them. It's always something else or someone else. But deep down, you do know this is all because of your own insecurities and shame that's driving you insane and you're doing all this too. I think it's because you two are absolute bloody sociopaths and you can't forgive and forget. You can't be... That's not what a sociopath is. Uh, What's a sociopath then? You can't just tag people with psychopaths and sociopath labels without knowing the true definition. It's not like a a buzzword that you can use to insult people and throw comments without really knowing what it actually means. So, what? I'm not saying anything. Okay. Psychopaths are born the way they are. 
their brain works differently. Their nervous system is built differently compared to a neurotypical person. Their prefrontal cortex, which is the section of the brain that regulates our thoughts, actions and emotions, is significantly thinner, hence it underfunctions. What that ultimately means is that the biggest trait of a psychopath is that they have literally very little to no capacity for empathy or real intimacy. They simply don't care about doing anything bad. So they can't really relate to your love or pain. And if they do, it's fake and upholds selfish motives. Oh, wow. Sociopaths, on the other hand, are not genetically born like that. For example, children who grow up in a really rough neighborhood or circumstances, they have a troubled childhood, they might be abused at an early stage, and they just learn to live under extreme circumstances. Their brain gets adjusted that way to survive, and they just become immune to any kind of darkness and it just stops affecting them. Yes, quite. Now, what actually will qualify for a diagnosis of a psychopath or a sociopath is consistent patterns. It's not a one-off fight in the playground. Mm-hmm. It's the perseverance of non-empathic, exploitative and poor behavioural controls. Interesting. Oh, wow. They sound really dangerous. Psychologically speaking, we do things to avoid pain or pursue pleasure. Generally, people would always choose to avoid pain over pleasure. But psychopaths would choose pleasure. After all, they are incapable of feeling fear. They wouldn't feel the pain in the same way as we do. So their underlying motivations for everything in life is to just get pleasure, to do things for them that serve them, that are in their best interests. When we learn about psychopaths and sociopaths, they don't experience fear in the same way as a neurotypical person. For example, if you were overspeeding, you didn't stop at the red lights, and then you got pulled over by the police, Mm -hmm. your heart would start racing. You'll fear the consequences. Your fight or flight mode will kick in and you'll respond by showing signs of fear, which are non-voluntary micro-expressions that you can't control. But psychopaths, forget going over red lights or speeding, they could have a dead body in the car and they would show no signs of fear. Because their fight or flight mode doesn't get aroused in the same way as a neurotypical person. They're very stress resilient. Oh my god. They will respond so calmly, it just feels crazy to doubt them. This is what you'd say getting away with murder. They can just effortlessly lie on a lie detector and nobody will know. I think these psychopaths have got it bang on. Living life without fear must be rather exhilarating. But it must get them into all sorts of trouble. I mean, a dead body is very difficult to dispose of. Yes, true, true. I I I imagine, I mean, I imagine it's very difficult. They don't usually think about any consequences. They act first. They're very impulsive. Imagine if you desired something in your life, if you had dreams, you'd only risk so much. 
But psychopaths and sociopaths, they have absolutely no risk boundaries. They see the world as their instrument. They'll play until they win. If you have a psychopath, he's a businessman, he'll probably do some very rough stuff to achieve what he wants. Because he'll feel no shame, no guilt, no remorse. So if anybody does get hurt along the way, it doesn't really bother him. It's quite chilling when you think about it. Sorry, can I just take a little note on this, seeing as you are in 2022? I mean, we keep... Look, well, I'm, I was so. Look, well, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a thousand it's years old. It's because time stood still when his wife was kidnapped. Yes, exactly. When Angela was gone, my heart froze in my very veins. Oh. I lost my point now. I don't remember what I was going to oh, say, sorry. but I do, not, I do need to say. Yes, I mean, you're gendering these psychopaths with this male pronoun. I mean, maybe we need to look deeper into what who these psychopaths are. Oh, I'm sorry, I do apologise. Yes, women can be psychopaths and research shows that they are usually way more subtle but just as dangerous and manipulative. So instead of being physically violent, they might use other means to get what they want, such as using other people to do things for them. And there is data to state that there are more male psychopaths than females. And culturally, if I were to generalise, women are more likely just to slip under the society's radar. So it could just be that they are very good at not being caught, even if they tried. Have a listen to this voice clip. Hey guys, it's Kanika. Welcome back to my channel. Today I'm going to be talking about my lived experiences as a female sociopath. Please make sure you like and subscribe. And also, if you could donate to Variety for me, for my Miss World journey, I would really appreciate that. We're getting together to help a lot of children who are disadvantaged and disenfranchised. So any help would be greatly appreciated. So I had my makeup done by Fox Wild. Wait, is this, is this genuine? Whoa! Yeah. So what we just heard was a modern female psychopath talking about life as a psychopath on her YouTube channel. She is also running for Miss World. Whilst asking for donations for some children's charity, she swiftly moved on to affiliate marketing about her makeup look for the day. That sounds pretty useful to me. Now, here's another voice clip of a male psychopath. He's giving a candid interview about how he manipulates his targets. I would come up with lies on the spot. Like I would come in the class and my teacher would ask, where's the homework? I would tell her, oh, you know, my dog, he got rushed to the hospital last night. We were there late until about 3 a.m. And there was this problem and that problem and that problem. And I don't even have a dog. Never had a dog. Oh, my God. He doesn't even have a dog. My God, that's quite interesting. Well, I guess the good news is that we might not even have to actively look for any red flags now because they might just even tell us themselves in the very first interaction. They might write some books. They might have uh, more YouTube channels. There might be more Netflix shows coming up. So, yeah, look out for those. That doesn't sound... What is that sentence there? What where? (laughs) <laughs> no, scroll up, Sue, man. Uh, let's see, let's see. Said something like, Daddy, I- Daddy, I'm sorry, I've been a very naughty girl. <laughs> oh, my goodness, I knew it was something to do with sex. Sue, man, you repressed woman. 
<laughs> oh my god this is how her repression comes out you see in strange ways you're writing an erotic novel aren't you mm-hmm, about psychopaths you know there's a very successful podcast that does that we could do it oh really yeah. i wouldn't mind talking about sex every no time. it's just a joke i was scrolling through instagram and saw this video and i thought oh it's quite funny so i saved the link but i didn't realize i put it here in my work notes Basically, this girl Stacy is in a church, and the father says to her, "In a church as well." Oh my god! It's just a joke. I don't know if you can You've film been porn in church, man. I don't know if that's allowed. So this girl Stacy is in church, and the father says to her, "Repeat after me, Stacy. Forgive me, Father, that I have sinned." And she says, "I'm sorry, Daddy." Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if the priest would like that. Suman, if you write a dirty novel, I promise we'll read it in book club. Although realistically, I mean, Suman, what would you even write? Okay, let's. Should we? I'm getting off topic. Here. I'm getting a little excited about trying to delve into Suman's mind and see what her innermost desires are. Okay, according to the Journal of Clinical Psychiatry, one in thirty people could be from antisocial personality disorders. So it is highly likely that we have all met a psychopath or a sociopath in our lives. And remember, psychopaths are beyond reforms because of their complex neurological. So this episode isn't about changing them or teaching them a lesson, but learning how to heal with understanding so we can protect ourselves from her deception break free from the emotional baggage from the past, set new boundaries, and who knows, it might even save your life. What you're saying is these sociopaths and these, like, I don't know, what do you call them, psychopaths, they can't be changed. Yeah, they're impossible to change, even in my own personal experience. So what do we do with them? Then? We just kill them off? Not necessarily. I will go into what we can do. Not necessarily. Well, I, I like the sound Blimey. of that, Suman. I like that, Suman. You're coming a little bit tougher, aren't you? Jeez, I didn't know that we believed in death sentences. Well, I mean, let's have a little vote on that. Do you believe in a death sentence? No. Suman likes it. Look at <gasps> her eyes light up. I always knew she was a beast in Suman, I did not expect this from you. It just creates a higher consequence for people committing crimes and they're more likely to think 10 times before committing a horrendous crime. However, when we study the natures of psychopaths and sociopaths, they don't really feel fear. So how is it going to work? And most of them just end up killing themselves. Exactly. And actually, you've got to think about what that says about us as a society if we support death sentences. And the people who have to do that job. I'll do it. Oh, God, of course you I will. mean, look, I, I think that, I assume I was about to praise you for a second there, God forbid that, but I mean, what's wrong with killing a few people here and there? I think you two are two absolute weak, weak lassies. I don't think that makes people weak. I think showing empathy and it is a sign of strength. The bloody and- murderer! An eye for an eye will make the whole world blind. I just don't believe in that. I suppose if you want to start quoting Jesus. I don't think that was Jesus that said wasn't that. Wasn't that Jesus who said an eye for an no. eye? That was a Jesus. Well, I, I mean, it, I, I, I wasn't was actually Gandhi. there, but fuck off was that Gandhi. Everything's in the Bible, isn't it? No, I don't know. 
I mean, look, I wasn't there, but my great 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 okay. grandfather, Tiberius the Fourth, was certainly around at that time. I could I could easily find some records and see what was said. Oh, it is from the Bible, and Gandhi also said um, that he basically reworded it slightly and said, "An eye for an eye will leave the whole world blind." Wait, so Gandhi's been plagiarizing the Bible. I don't know if you'd class that as plagiarising. Well, I know my friend got kicked out of university for doing that. Yeah, but in a written essay, I think you're allowed to you're allowed to quote the Bible, which is basically what he was doing. Well, I don't know. I think if Gandhi was still around, I'd be taking him to court. You you're going to take Gandhi to court? Well, let's not get into it. But there's a few genuine. You didn't few... write the Bible. No, but I mean that there, there has been some discrepancies. Dave, you're allowed to make your own observations, but it becomes a problem when people deliberately extract context with bias in a way that serves them and to point fingers at other people. But if you apply critical thinking to everything you read, hear and watch, then I don't think it's an issue. It's only when people will read or watch the same thing and then take meaning from it based on their own bias and then say hey well this is what I think and I think your point of view is incorrect and I'm the one with the correct point of view. Yes that's the whole problem with religion. But that's not religion Dave that's you that's the devil in people that's manipulating them to think a certain way to feel a certain way which only serves them individually such as telling someone oh if you don't do this God will punish you but that's not what God said that's just you exploiting the words of God to serve your agenda. What did God say? Seeing as you're so privy to God, seeing as you seem to have him on your speed dial. Well, you can do what you want within reason, because humans do have free will, so... He said, do what you want. My God, I'm his most favourite subject, then, because I do exactly what I want, when I want. No, hang on. Remember, there are consequences for your actions. Well, well, I don't like the sound of that. What, what sort of consequences? Well, there's heaven and hell, and... When you did do all the horrible things, you ended up in hell. So. Well, but so I thought that then this God sort of leading me down the wrong path. I mean, shouldn't he be saying, like, exactly what to do? You know, give me a Ten Commandments or something. Well, I suppose he did do that, didn't he? He did do that, yeah. So it's not do what you want, is it? Because I can't fucking kill any psychopaths. I, well, look, I can understand why, you know, we might not like psychopaths. Hey, if a psychopath is about to kill you and you need to kill them to save yourself, then rock on. You better go ahead and do it. Hmm. But generally, I think we should, you know, we're, we're better than that. We don't stoop to their level. Yeah. I feel that's spoken like a true psychopath. Oh, really? Yes. Let's protect them at all costs. Well, one of the ways we can protect ourselves is by understanding who they really are, which is what we've been doing today. So, I'm going to share some of the most prominent signs to identify a psychopath or a sociopath. Firstly, how they look. If you Google search any serial killer or psychopath or a sociopath, just look at their profile pictures. Something about them doesn't feel kind. When you look closely into their eyes, look at how emotionless and dead their eyes look. Mm. Remember the episode about Maslow's hierarchy of needs in season one? Mm -hmm. We talked about five basic human needs prioritized and organized in a shape of a pyramid. 
at the top of the pyramid you have the spiritual domain love self-esteem and self-actualization psychopaths are usually concerned with materialistic things and stuck at the lower level which explains why they lack so much emotions and empathy they'll talk a lot about materialistic needs and lifestyle and they'll always focus their attention on that level of the pyramid psychopaths and sociopaths although do not feel any empathy they are capable of feeling cognitive empathy this is when they can understand the logic behind someone's feelings and emotions just like when we watch a film we can appreciate why the characters behave in a certain way so cognitive empathy is just an intellectual acknowledgement rather than an emotional sympathy once they have recognized how you feel they will give your emotion an accurate name to validate you in the moment but their words will still lack compassion and sincerity i mean look at dave he's saying oh my heart froze in my very veins but angela two days later after you went missing he was on dating apps <gasps> dave you're such a sneaky sniveling little bitch aren't you suman oh my god you can't keep things to yourself bearing in mind suman that you were the one who told me she's probably dead Whoa. No, I, excuse me. I just, yes. I didn't say that. I, you I know, said that I've been I can... looking in the woods for a body and Suman said, oh, well, it's probably a good place to start because <gasps> she's been kidnapped for over a week now. She's probably been killed. N- no, I didn't say that. I said, look, you just start from somewhere. It took somewhere. you a week before you looked in the woods. Well, I tried to call you. There was no answer. I thought, well, she's probably gone to Amsterdam or something. You know, Dave, I had one missed call. Yes, well, I thought if you had your phone, you'd call me back. And if you didn't, you would be obviously not wanting to speak to me. So I thought I'd give you your space. And then i get some message saying you've been bloody kidnapped. And then you still didn't take that seriously, did you? Well, I thought it was a joke from you, Suman. Well, why would I joke like that? Well, you're not very funny, are you? I'm just so glad you're back, Angela. That's what matters. Yes, I was rather pleased as well. Rather pleased. Rather pleased. I mean, you know. I was... You don't seem that bothered, Dave. Well, what do you want me to be? She's she's alive. Like, what's the big deal? What's the big deal? I, I, I mean, she... Dave, I was fucking kidnapped. I, I looked in the woods. You went out for a walk. You probably went for a whiz because you blocked the toilet in the house. Well, so that's why you were in the woods, or you were looking for somewhere else. But I don't think you were looking for my dead body. And you tried everything you possibly could not to pay that ransom. Well, yes, because that's what they say. They say, don't pay the ransom because then it'll ask for more money. I was trying very, very hard to get you back. Day and night, I was sending out good vibes. You don't believe in good vibes. Well, I was sending out vibes. I don't know. This whole kidnapping does seem a bit dodgy. I'm just so confused. Uh, You think? Yeah, it's dodgy. I was kidnapped. Do you know what's even more dodgy? How little effort my loved ones and my friends and family put into finding me. No, well, Dave was constantly telling me that you just left him. I mean, the wedding ring was left on the side. Yeah. And then there were some speculations that his horns were too small. So I thought, yeah, that makes sense. Whoa! But do you know when I thought about Rob the Donkey and your book club? You can't just abandon Rob the Donkey. Exactly. And... 
So you must have known something was up. Yeah, that's when I thought something was up. I would never leave Rob the donkey. I mean, you're an absolute angel. Why would somebody want to harm you in any way? Well, I would say it's the corrupt liberal media putting forth terrible, terrible plays and TV shows and films. You've got yourself producing and directing films about kidnappings of young Asian women. I mean, you're literally propagating the problem, aren't you? No, Dave, that wasn't what my film was well, I can't to... wait until you're banged up and locked up in Her Majesty's court. Whoa. I mean, you're literally glorifying kidnapping. You're making it seem like an ideal scenario that people should be going out and doing. Oh. I mean, you're going to be responsible for a lot of problems with young ladies being kidnapped in the future, I would say, particularly in the Asian community. I mean, you'll bring it upon yourself. I, I think the film was, you know, doing the opposite of that, Dave. Did the film or did it not have multiple kidnapping scenes in it? Yes, but I don't think it was painting them as a nice thing, was it? Yeah, it definitely wasn't. Well, that's how I saw it when I watched it. Well, that's because you're a devil. Well, all I saw was a very diligent person with great determination kidnapping a young girl. And I saw that as something suggesting that would be a good thing for people to be doing. What I was trying to do with my direction and writing is to explain the uh, antagonist's multidimensional nature. Because villains are usually just reduced to one dimension. There's no real texture to them. There's no humanity to them whatsoever. These people are usually perceived as just uh, being motivated by pure evil. I think there's more to that. So I wanted to give him a motivation for committing those crimes. Sorry, and... did I you say you wanted to motivate them to commit crime? No, what I mean is give him an underlying motivation to do what he's doing and who he is and what has led him to this dark path. But it was never justifying his behaviours and hopefully eliminate some of those issues that he experienced. Hopefully we can become more inclusive and make the world a lot more safer place to exist. Hmm. Well, I don't know if that was what came across in the film. But I mean, you're not a very good director, are you? So it's not surprising. Do you know what, Dave? Let people watch it themselves and make up their own mind. Hmm. Have you ever liked anything? Have you ever liked a movie? Predator. I fucking love Predator. I think Dave identifies with the Predator. Well, I mean, yes, he's a cold, calculated being from another universe who comes down and destroys these mortal weak foe. I mean... It's basically the same story as the Bible. Angela, do you think your kidnapper might have been either a psychopath or a sociopath? Or just a really nice guy. Uh, Rob? What? Uh -huh. ah. When did you come? Hello, Rob. Hi, Ange. You're right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm good. Thank you. How are you? Ah, not bad. Uh, excuse me, Rob. What? You're late. No, I'm not. Uh, yes, you are. Oh, you're very late, Rob. But don't you worry. I've been taking care of the tech. Oh, good. Glad someone has. What have you been doing, Robert? Uh, why are you late? Uh, well, right, my form was fucked, right? For some reason, it had been saying it was 12pm all day. And I thought, God, this day's taking ages. And I missed my bus. Several of them. Missed his bloody bus, you see. Because his phone wasn't working, because he's a fucking idiot. Have you put a virus on it, Dave? I can't do fuck all on this. 
I'm sorry, Rob. You can't just turn up an hour late. This is not acceptable. Thank you, Suman. Rob, Rob, just tell her you fell over. That always works. Just say you fell over. Why you late? Oh God, oh I fell over. I fell over. Tell, tell her you hit your head. Uh, excuse me, both of you. It I'm was right a here. Really bad fall. You hit your head. I did. <sighs> Honestly, Very I just hard. don't know why I bother. Who are He's you? Always... I don't know who you are. <sighs> don't know who I am. Oh, God, no. Oh, no. Rob's hit his head really hard. He doesn't know who anyone is. Oh, God, no wonder he was late. Okay, well, if you don't know who you are, you need to go back and listen to the entire season one and then rejoin. How how does he go about listening to season one? Where, where would one do that? Dave, it's on bloody Spotify. I'm trying to do a fucking little advert for you, you silly slut. Whoa. <gasps> Dave. Don't call people slow. Well, they're listening on Spotify right now, aren't they? I just called her a fucking bitch before. You didn't say anything about that, but a bloody slut. But I didn't like that either. Okay, I saw it. So, okay. Just no name calling. No, literally. Can I just say something? Mm-hmm. Rob, he's been sacked twice. Once, well, twice because of gross misconduct. He promised me he's going to change. He's going to work really hard. He's going to be on best behavior. And now... All these bloody excuses, like, I'm just so sick of people taking advantage of my kindness, making promises, breaking them the next day. It's just really, really hurtful. Like, Rob, do you not care about how you're making me feel? This has just been really stressful for me. I don't even know who you are. (gasps) My God. Oh, dear. Right. Angela? Put an add-on for a technician. And make sure that you put in bold caps, no jerks. Don't you dare, Ange. <gasps> Don't threaten me. Sorry. Can I ask you a question, Robert? Yeah. So I'm using your full name as a sign of respect because we're in season two now and we want to change the dynamic a bit more, you know? Go on, David. Where the fuck were you when Angela went missing? Because I didn't see you about at all. And I was trying to ask for somebody to come and help me look in the woods for a dead body. Did she and go you... missing? When did she go missing? Huh? Oh, my God. You didn't know she was missing? You never said. She's been missing for the last, what, two months? Okay, hell. I fucking messaged you. No, you didn't. I messaged him. It was in the group chat. It was all over on social media. It was in the newspapers. It was on news channels. It was on radios. We put posters up in the area. Look, and I, I said co- I hit my head very hard. Earlier, all right. Can't remember. I thought that was on the way here. Still. So you don't even remember what happened? No. Hmm. Oh my God, Angela, after everything you've done for him. Well, Angela, I think you should know that Rob didn't care about you. But nobody told me. Rob, do you not bloody go out and talk to people? (laughs) You know the answer to both those questions. Well, she's back now, so she must be all right. Oh, yeah? Angela? uh, yeah, I'm okay. I mean, I, I was just sort of reminiscing about my time when I was missing, and I think I'm missing being missing. Did you have a good time? Yeah, yeah, I did. I had a pretty nice time, and now I'm back, and obviously nobody really gave a shit. I, I'm sort of thinking, actually, I'd quite like to go back. Well, then fuck off. You see, this is what I'm talking about. Dave, just give her a break. She's in shock. She's just been kidnapped. Bloody break. I've been cleaning the whole fucking house while she's been lollygagging about being kidnapped. Was it like an holiday, Ange? It was a little bit like a holiday. And, you know, the kidnapper was very pleasant, which I know is a strange thing to say. You don't got Stockholm syndrome, have you? No. 
No, none well, of that. Very it was, good to know. You know, let me watch TV. I was fed. In fact, he was a very good cook. So wait, you basically had a fucking hotel experience while well, I'm at home fucking cleaning and scrubbing shit off the floor after this donkey. Yeah, it was a little bit like a holiday. Fucking hell. Were you blindfolded? Uh, yeah, for the most part, yeah. Well, so how were you watching TV? Well, I-, I was listening to the TV. Well, okay, that doesn't sound quite as good as I thought it was before. I, well, I can see there's been some trauma, at least. No, like, sometimes um, we watch TV, and I didn't really watch TV. I just sat with them while they watched TV, but I could hear it. And then other times, uh, the kidnapper was in a disguise and said, oh, well, you can take your blindfold off now and watch TV. So what happened to all the bloody money? We we paid it. I know, but I mean, what happened to it? If this guy's such a fucking nice guy, why didn't he give it back to me? I think it's somebody we know. I think it's somebody we know. And I mean, like, he knew exactly how much to ask for in ransom money. That was absolutely spot on. Well, they do say that, don't they? That if you get kidnapped, it's most likely somebody that you know. They also could have been very nice to you, not because they knew you or because they cared for you, mm-hmm. but because they wanted to manipulate the situation in a way that will serve them. And I mean, could you imagine going to the police and saying, oh, my kidnapper actually, yeah, he was all right, you know, he let me watch TV, I was well fed. They're not going to take you seriously. Yes. So it could have just been to manipulate the whole situation that could save them, which then makes me think, oh, my God, is this person a psychopath or a sociopath? Oh, my God. Was it a man or a woman? Well, I believe it was a man. What gives you that belief? It sounded like Michael Caine. Oh. You know the actor? He sounded like... Wait, you're saying that Michael Caine kidnapped you or someone like... No, sounded a little bit like him. But I don't think it was actually the real Michael Caine. Uh, that's a good point, actually. I don't believe one would be capable of producing such a deep, masculine voice. Well, you never know. Let's test this theory, then. Angela, give me your best Michael Caine. Oh, I can't do Michael Caine. Suman? Uh, uh, no, I can't. What about you, Rob? Uh, give it, give it a go. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, 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 fuck you. Oh my god, Rob! Please stop. <laughs> that sounds like Maslow again. I think that was Michael Caine post-stroke, perhaps. Well, you do Michael Caine then. It could have been you. Could have kidnapped your own wife. No, come on. It doesn't make any sense. Why would I want to be around her all that time and exactly. watch TV with her? Yeah, Dave would never be that nice to me. No, look, I can't even do a Michael Caine impression. You ready? I'll do my I'll do my impression again. Yeah, yeah, do it. I only told you to blow the bloody doors off. It's you. <laughs> it's not me. Come on, that was terrible. That was not bad. Yeah, it wasn't that bad. Well, I can assure you, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't kidnap. If I had kidnapped my own wife, there'd be a lot more sex going on. I can tell you that. Oh, yeah, there was absolutely zero sex. There you go. Case closed. Do you know, he might even be an actor or a singer who was able to impression Michael Caine to disguise himself. Oh. Yeah, and generally speaking, these psychopaths and sociopaths, they tend to be highly creative. There's usually an art form to the way that they commit crimes. For example, serial killers usually have a unique signature style. There's a lot of creativity and thought that goes into planning their crimes. 
have a look at some of the paintings Arthur Shawcross did and compare it to the way that he planned and tortured and murdered his victims. Mm. There's a lot of resemblance of that in his paintings. But obviously, I wouldn't recommend doing so if you're a very sensitive person. But it's just really disturbing to think that they can disguise their crimes in creativity. So can I ask a question, Suman? That was actually, you know what, I've badmouthed you a lot, this this podcast, calling you a whore and various other derogatory terms. I have to say, it was rather interesting. Can I ask a question for you? Have you ever been in close contact to a psychopath or a sociopath? Obviously, excluding Rob. Um, Dave, you know that time I moved in with this sociopath who kidnapped me? What? But at the time, I just was so manipulated. I, I thought I was just living there. You got kidnapped, Suman. Who by? Did he sound like Michael Caine? Well, actually, it was a she. A she? <gasps> yes. Basically, this was way before Angela Yu came to Earth. Wait, is this, is this genuine? You got kidnapped by a lady? Don't be that surprised. You know, you were with me since my entire childhood, unfortunately. Yeah, but I wasn't really paying attention. I mean, I was mostly just eating cookie cookie dough in the corner. Go on, explain it for me. It was someone who wasn't there for your childhood. Okay, so... After I finished college, I used social media to start looking for work, to start building connections and links in the industry. So I'd randomly accept requests from anyone who seemed legit to increase my connections. I accept this request from a girl who started telling me stories of her recent breakup with a celebrity. She claimed that she was a doctor and she was living in Canada. I researched some of the people she said she knew uh, on her page and all the pictures seemed convincing. Everything about her seemed quite genuine. After a good few years of Facebook friendship, she recommends a high-profile project abroad. I then look up this project and the people involved that she's recommending to speak with. I then just apply for the job quite spontaneously. Later, they offer me the job. Oh, Oh, wow. Then I thought, well, I can't live here and complete the project. I have to relocate. So then I planned on moving to this foreign country to take on this opportunity. I'm sorry, I'm, I don't know if this is entirely inappropriate, but this is starting to sound a little bit like that girl who joined ISIS. Dave, no. <laughs> Dave, that's not very nice. Okay, so a few months later, here I was in a foreign country, thousands of miles away from home, but I was quite excited. The people seemed nice. Everybody was quite welcoming and accommodating. A week later... A woman comes up to me. She's working on the same project, but in a different department. She comes over. She introduces herself. She said, oh, I just wanted to say hello and introduce myself. And uh, she says, well, I know you're not from here. So if you ever need anything, just just give me a shout. I thought, oh, that's really sweet of her. I think she was about 17 years or so older than me. And she seemed quite experienced in what she did. And then she started mentoring me and guiding me and showing me around the city. And I thought, well, okay. 
I felt really supported by her at the time. And she said to me, look, I don't want anything from you. I just see a lot of potential in you. I see you like my daughter and I just want to help. And I thought, oh, my God, isn't that sweet? The love bombing stage. Yeah. So one day she comes up to me and tells me that I should abort this project that I'm working on because apparently she's overheard a conversation and I am in danger. My safety is at compromise if I carry on working with these people and they have ill intentions. So she said, look, it's my obligation to warn you as a friend. Now, this is entirely up to you. And I was like, well, I don't want to risk my safety in a foreign country. I had my notice in. And she says, well, you know, you can just come and stay with me until you find somewhere to live. And I thought, oh, thank you so much. That really means a lot. After quitting the project, I did become quite upset because I didn't really know what else to do, where else to go. And everything I wanted to pursue next, she would then advise me against that, but recommend other projects that she claimed were better suited for me. And I just trusted her because I thought, well, she knows these people. She knows the industry more than I do. She's a lot more experienced. So she ultimately became my manager. She told me what to do and what not to do and started taking care of my finances, inverted commas, and looking after me like, inverted commas, like a daughter. However, steadily, things started changing as I was running out of money. Because even though I was doing all these projects, nothing major was coming along my way. She started then accusing me of things I never did. Like, you said this to someone at this party about me. And you wore this dress that I was meant to wear, which ruined my birthday party. Just silly things. But I over-apologized because I felt awful. She was in tears. She was an absolute mess. She locked herself up in the room all day. She didn't eat anything. And I thought, oh my God, what have I done? And then later, she accuses me of flirting with her boyfriend. Oh, wow. Now that came as a shock of my life. Terrible. I was on my knees apologizing to her for something I didn't do, but I just couldn't see her upset. I just couldn't see her melting down in front of me, breaking down. She made it seem like her life was falling apart. I had ruined everything in her life. And I just felt like such a disappointment and such a shame. I cannot explain that into words. I cried and cried and apologized to her so much for things I didn't even do. Mm -hmm. And then she stopped talking to me completely we were living like strangers and that really got to me because all of a sudden I felt immensely alone there was nobody there for me I had no friends or family I was isolated in my room all day I had no work and one day I just woke up with so much anxiety and pain in my chest I thought I can't take this anymore And I see these pills in my room. I go into the kitchen to get water. Meanwhile, one of her daughter comes back. She notices all the pills and then she stops me. 
and she says don't do this when mom comes back we'll have a chat we'll figure something out we'll talk through this and I can help and I thought okay that's fine later that night she didn't come back home so I contacted a friend of mine in England and told them to help me I explained what was happening and where I was staying This friend then immediately contacted the police in the local area I was staying at. When I was with the police, they didn't reveal anything to me at the beginning. But they did ask me loads of questions about this woman. And I said, yeah, her name's this. This is what she does. This is how we met. And they started sniggering and laughing at some of the things I was saying. And I just thought, what's going on? And they said, well, she's part of a criminal gang. I was like, excuse me, have we got the same person here? So they start telling me about her and reading out some of the charges. My world just flipped upside down. And because it was a foreign country, I didn't quite understand some of the terminology and what exactly what they were saying, but I could get a sense of what they were trying to tell me that she is a dangerous person you need to go back to your country so here I was back to square one in my life I come back to England and I just reflect back on everything I go back to my Facebook account and I notice that woman who actually recommended me that project in the first place she's not there anymore and I just thought what if this woman It's the same person I met there. What if this was a whole big conspiracy? Because how else does this make sense? And I know for a fact, normal people who have empathy, who are capable of feeling remorse and guilt and shame, they're not capable of going to such extremes. So this woman was more certainly a sociopath. She was a narcissist. She was highly manipulative. She was a pathological liar. She threw me in desperate situations and then acted like she saved me. She gaslighted me when I confronted her with the truth. And in response, she would trick me into believing that the problem is always with me by acting like a victim in her own crime scene, just to fool me into questioning my self-worth destroy my self-esteem and I started becoming dependent on her. This story repeats with every psychopath, every sociopath and even narcissistic people. Yes. And even though I'm no longer in that situation, the memories, they never leave you. The trauma haunts you. It holds you back forever sometimes. And you just have to build coping mechanisms to deal with it. If you want to learn more about how you can understand your trauma, how you can build coping mechanisms, then we've talked about this in season one in the last couple of episodes. So the moral of the story is never take anything at face value. Take your time to learn about people. Test them set boundaries, learn to say no. If anything seems too good to be true, 
than it probably is. And most importantly, talk to people about how you're feeling, how someone's making you feel. Because if I hadn't sent that text message to my friend, I might have not been here today. I might not have been alive. Well, that was, and I mean this genuinely, Suman, mildly interesting. Whoa, come on, Dave. That was... Oh, well, that's quite the understatement. Yeah, I'm only joking. I'm only joking. That was absolutely fascinating. I didn't realise you had such a close proximity to what we were discussing. And we've all watched films where we're screaming at the screen saying, oh my God, don't fall for the lies. Can't you see this is a trap? But actually, when you're in that situation, it's yeah, yes. it's very different. Yeah, you're just emotionally hijacked. And what is, what's the old saying? Everyone will believe anything as long as it's a compliment. And I genuinely believe that's true, which is why you should take no attention to what anybody says to you. I mean, men learn this from a very young age. And if you lie to a lady, you can get her into bed very quickly, can't you? Well, I don't know about that, Dave. Yeah, it's definitely not done Rob any favours, has it? No, it bloody hasn't. There's an art Mm -hmm. to lying, you know. One has to be able to put the right bells and whistles upon your lie. Yeah, and you're quite good at it, Dave. I mean, look at all the prank videos you do with Rob. He falls for it every single time. Yeah. Because he's so fucking manipulative, that's why. Yeah, but he's done it like 20 times. You kind of just get smarter, you know? Yes, but I mean, come on, Suman. You never felt you never fallen for the same trick twice. Oh, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt each time because... Oh, I suppose I should realise by now a leopard can't change its spots, can it, Dave? No, but a devil can change his cape. But not his horns. No, however, he can manipulate the size of his horns. Can you? I'm just looking at some of the um, videos there on Instagram. This prank video has hit 1,000 views. Oh, my God. God. So you're getting money off my embarrassment and pain and humiliation? Yes, Rob. No, of course not. I mean, look, Rob, you're looking at this the wrong I'm way. I'm not. You're looking at it the right way. Suman sits in her ivory tower, slowly click-clacking her nails together like some sort of grotesque female Mr. Burns, laughing as she rakes in You're exploiting money. me, bitch. Yes, Rob. Tell her how it is, Robert. Tell her exactly how you feel. No. Oh, bloody no, well, basically, well. It's, just, it's just, okay, Rob, you're putting a smile on millions of people's faces. They watch the videos and feel better about their pathetic lives. What more do you want? They, they're literally praying for you. They're like, oh, my God, thank you for this content. It's making us feel better about our lives and we don't feel so stupid. I mean, the Jeremy Kyle show did that as well, but that was a bit problematic. What a show. Oh, of course you like it. Oh, my God, it was fantastic getting all the scrubs of the earth on one show. So, so man, you're trying to say I actually make a difference to people's lives. Yes, of course you do. Oh, that's lovely. I'm sorry what I said. I'll take it all back. Oh, no, you're absolutely fine. I look forward to the next one. Well, look, anyway, guys, it's been absolutely fascinating talking about these sociopaths and psychopaths and whatnot. But um, I've got a, a seaweed scrub booked in um, for 8.05, so I literally need to go right now. It's Excuse me? I need, I need to get my seaweed massage in. I mean, what can I do? You can't get as, youth, as youthful and as delicious as I look without having regular massages. And no, I know what you're thinking. It's not going to be a happy ending. 
Yes, I'm sure. I'm sure. And it's got nothing to do with what we're discussing and the fact that we're going into the psychology of psychopaths and sociopaths. And maybe you're feeling a little bit exposed. No, I don't think that's the case, Suman, because I'm, as you know, I'm extremely comfortable talking about myself and my many, many, many virtues. Bye. Right, go on. Get lost. Don't need you. Well, don't say it like that. I mean, I like to be needed. Bye. Well, now I've got FOMO. Oh, Dave. Don't worry, Dave. I'll tell you. Oh, he's gone. Oh, never mind. Bye. Love you too. So uh, how can a psychopath hurt you? Well, they pose all kinds of threats. The obvious one being physical harm, but they also go after your emotions, which can be just as dangerous and hurtful. When it is a physical attack, if they are being violent or aggressive, the danger is going to be very apparent. You're going to notice it straight away. But if they are targeting you mentally by going after your emotions, the attack and the threat is not going to be apparent. But the potential threat they pose to you is just as dangerous. Usually, the first step will be to sniff you up, to judge you, who you are, what's most important to you in life. Once they have figured out what your values are, what you're lacking in life, what your vulnerabilities are, what can emotionally trigger you, they will use that as intel to target you accordingly. In my case, the sociopath woman understood that my work is really important to me. I've come here with big dreams and I'm going to do everything to make them come true. At the same time, she also sensed that I have weaknesses. I'm feeling vulnerable being away from home. So she acts like a mentor. She shows me around the city. She introduces me with people. She makes me feel included and belonged. It's exactly what I needed at the time. But then she weaponized the friendship, my trust, to do what she had originally intended. She used fear to provoke me to quit my job. This unstabilized me and she started to gain control. She made me believe that I was unsafe, which made me feel more vulnerable. So I would look up to her for directions. She promised me that there were bigger and better opportunities out there for me to give me hope, which meant that I would stick by her. When I moved into her flat, which at the time seemed like the only sensible choice, I spent about £2,000 to buy furniture. She made me feel like this was my home now. So investing in your home doesn't feel like a bad thing, does it? This was never about me. This was always about her. This was always about her motives of gaining control over me so she could access what I had, for example, money. You still there, both of you? Yeah, I'm just worried about meeting new people. Oh, oh God. Look, this is not to scare you. I don't want to meet any person ever again. I just, I just, I always, I'm very trusting and I always believe and see the good in people. And I, I'm a little bit worried that maybe I, I can't do that. So I much. know. And what if that good in the people is actually a lie? 
Okay. I know. Okay, then, oh my God, is there any good in anybody anymore? Okay, hang on, hang on. This is not to scare you. Some people will just have tendencies to lie and pick up a fight with you now and then. But that doesn't mean that they are dangerous people. It's the extremism. It's the consistent patterns of manipulations and pathological lying that makes people dangerous. Okay. And being a psychopath doesn't always mean that you're born a serial killer. What I have chosen to focus in this episode is the distinctive set of negative characteristics of psychopaths and sociopaths which make them capable of causing all sorts of troubles. There is a book called The Pros of Being a Psychopath which talks about the good traits of being a psychopath such as they can work calmly under pressure and they are stress resilient. If that is put to great use, that can help people. So it's not always a bad thing, it's the intention that makes it good or bad. So it's just good to be aware of psychopaths and sociopaths that they are capable of doing something like, you know, having a dead body in the car and staying calm. So always do your due diligence. Always take your time to learn about people. You know what? I think I'm going to do now. Cheers for that soon, man. How do you trust anybody? Well, how do you how do you differentiate between people who are genuinely kind and trying to help you and people who are just doing that to, you know, get you? Well, my general rule now, after lots of experience with narcissistic people, difficult people, toxic people and some sociopaths, is if something feels wrong, doesn't matter how big or small, but I have a doubt it qualifies and warrants further investigation and conscious thought. So it's like almost a gut feeling, like sometimes your body knows something's off. Mm-hmm. when logically your mind hasn't got there exactly yet. because they will give you logics to feel otherwise but there's something in your gut saying hang on a minute and that's when you have to check you so it's not about kind of going over to their house and looking for clues or trying well, to read them and you know it's about how you're actually feeling mm-hmm. how does this person make me feel And if they have such an impact on you that you have to watch every single word you speak, you have to be very calculated about what you do, where you go, what you say, how you behave, you have to seek permission from them. Then this means this person has control over you. Mm -hmm. If there is a huge discrepancy between how you feel about a relationship with someone and compare that with how the other person makes you feel in reality, that could be a big indication of what the reality of this person is. Are they genuine? Do they actually care about your feelings and well-being? Do they care that you are happy in this relationship? Your emotions are there to help you, to guide you. For example, when you feel tired, You don't usually ignore this feeling. You try to take some rest. You'll do something to make yourself better. On the other hand, if something feels too good to be true, it probably is. 
Psychopaths and sociopaths are highly narcissistic and they are capable of masking to a whole new level of charm and perfectionism. That level of charm and perfectionism that they convey to you, it's all fake. But if you take your time and learn about people, you don't accept things at face value, you test them by saying no, you will see through their mask because they can only be so charming for so long. Have you guys met anyone in life who you think might have been a psychopath or a sociopath? They might have manipulated you into doing something that you might yeah. not want to, to yeah, do. Yeah, I married them. <laughs> okay. What about your kidnapper? What did they do to hook you up? Well, yeah, they were asking me a lot about book club and they wanted to join book club initially. Really? They chatted to me a lot about my interests and actually they had all the same interests as me. So they were really into the kind of books that I was into. Um, yeah, I mean, all of that stuff. And they also had had quite a difficult marriage as well. So we got to talk to each other quite a lot about our our marriages. Okay. It sounds like they were just trying to mirror you to build rapport and trust. Gosh. Um, and you never saw their face? Oh, no, never saw the face. It was just like through text and like messaging on social media and stuff. So, And what was their username? Michael Blaine. Okay, everyone listening out there, if you come across a profile with the name of Michael Blaine, do not engage and report them immediately. E, isn't that funny? It sounded like Michael Caine and their name on all of the social media accounts was Michael Blaine. Yeah, that does sound a bit dodgy. You have to look out for inconsistencies because that's how you can catch them sometimes. And remember, they will say things just to impress you. So if they say that they like puppies, like you, ask them, okay, well, what's your favourite breed? Challenge them. Mm -hmm. And is there anything you recall, Angela, about the kidnapper that can potentially identify who they may be? Maybe some of our listeners can help. Anything about the location? How did it feel like to be there? Any kind of distinctive smell? Did you hear any names or any sounds? Oh, yeah, they had pigeons. Oh. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they had pigeons. Oh, okay. What about you, Rob? Have you met a psychopath or a sociopath? Rob? Oh, my God, Rob's just dropped out. <sighs> Bloody hell. Oh, he's joining back. Hello. Hello, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. What's wrong with your internet? Sorry, pigeons are at the cables again. Oh. Oh, it's the pigeons now, right? It's always something else, Rob. It's never you. You never take responsibility and you never take accountability for no, anything. No, it's never my and... fault. So whose fault is it mine? Dodgers, the, it's the bloody pigeons. They're pecking at it. Rob, if you want this job... You have to be competent and step up to the mark and stop I making am. excuses. Yes, I am. No, I'm not. I'm sensing that there's a little bit of tension between you two still. I'm detecting some animosity, Angela. Yeah, I'm getting that as well. I mean, it's you do deserve it. Who, me? No, Rob. I mean, I can totally understand Excuse why me. you've got a lot of, you know, animosity towards it. I mean, 
he catfished me twice in season one. Exactly. And I just don't see any improvement in his behaviour that gives me confidence I can trust him again. It's a love-hate relationship. Um, mm, I think it's more hate. It's about it's about 80-20 at the minute, isn't it? Honestly, I don't know how many more chances I can give him because my career is going to be at stake. If we were doing this live, which we are planning to do in future... We want to take this podcast to people around the country, deliver this live. But how can I possibly trust him with tech? Yeah, um, Rob, maybe you should practice a little bit more. I really am. Yes, we can hear how hard you're trying. Rob, just stay quiet. Oh, sorry, we didn't catch any of that. What a start to the second season. Oh my god, I thought we were gonna come back with a big bang. Everything's gonna go so well. I mean, we kind of did in a way. Okay, let's wrap this up. So, Angela, what was your biggest takeaway from this episode? Not to trust people. Well, not to trust people easily. You can Sorry, but on that, on the flip side of that, to trust my gut. Yes. If I sense that there's something wrong and I can feel that there's something not quite right, I should maybe trust that. Oh, look, he's back. And he's not saying anything. Right, I'm back. Can you hear me? He's back. Yeah. I had that horrible impression in me, Angela. Oh, what did I say? Oh, I think he's trying to say he's heard you do that impression. <laughs> you deserve <laughs> it, Rob. <laughs> I heard it. You couldn't hear me, but I heard you. <laughs> Rob, sort your bloody internet. You sound like I'm having <laughs> some sort of... Bit, Can you not bit... afford good internet, Rob? <laughs> Are you that scammed off, Dave? Have you got a problem with me? I don't have a problem with you personally. I have a problem with your attitude. What did you just say? Just sort your bloody internet out, Rob. I've got three fucking bars. I don't know what's going on. It's probably because you're not intentionally wanting to be here. You know, that really hurts me so, man. I sacrificed my entire day to set up for this. And it's still not right. Nah, so man, it sounds like you're gaslighting me. What you've just said about sociopath goes right back to you. Excuse me, don't you dare put this on me. Honestly, I don't understand what's happening with him and Dave today. He's left an hour early. He was an hour late. I just don't understand what's going on. Um, well, I think they're doing another show. Huh? Yeah, they're doing an, they're doing Ella's show. What? Um, what Ella show? She's, she's done another show. Who's Ella? Oh my! Oh, Ella. Yeah, which is really nice, isn't it? And we really want what? to support them. I can't wait to listen. Uh, she, Ella's doing her own, but she's she's the co-producer on this show. What? Why is she doing her own show? Well, because she wants to do her own projects as well, which is really nice. But she she can't. Of course she can. And look, there's no competition. They're completely different shows. Well, she pays more, don't she? Yeah, she she is. Um, that is true. She is paying a little bit more, but 
you know, you can both have shows and you can both have really amazing shows and support each other. That'll be really good. Now, that feels like a betrayal. Um, no, I, I don't think it's a betrayal. I think I think she just wants to branch out and do her own projects. But but this was this was our thing. Like yeah, it's we still it's still our thing. It's still your thing together. It's just that you know she's got her own thing as well, and just like you've got your own other projects. I just can't believe this. Well, I'll see what I can do. I'm sure I can manage. Yeah, I think you've got a lot of editing to do on this one. Thank you for listening, everyone. If you enjoyed this episode, please do share it with your friends. Follow us on Instagram and subscribe to be notified for the next episode. I'll never step outside again. No, you just trust your gut and get to know people slowly. Can I even trust me pigeons? Oh, I think you can trust pigeons. Pigeons have never done anything wrong. Well, I keep streaming Netflix and picking up my cables, so I don't know. In the next episode, we will be exploring how you can read about a person by just looking at their profile picture, no matter what filter they use, and analysing some text messages from people to read about their personalities, even if they are trying to be irreconcilable with their words. So you've been analysing us as well? Yeah, I analyse everybody I work with. Oh my god, oh. Oh dear. I hope we pass. Should I be concerned? Yes, Rob. Saying that you're late and putting a lol and a laughing emoji doesn't make it okay. Oh, bugger. Oh, no.